Hey old brothers, this is Didact and welcome back to another edition of Domain Query Uncanny Valley. Uh, very warm welcome as always to my loyal and long-suffering uh, podcast subscribers at Podbean. A very warm welcome to all of the uh, equally long-suffering people who subscribe to my site. I know posting has been quite light of late for the last couple of months. It's just been a very busy time, but uh, it's also difficult to find the motivation to write in, in all honesty when it's kind of the same stuff, same shit, different day, as it were. Uh, nonetheless, I have a couple of topics that I'd like to talk about, uh, one in this domain query and another in a longer form, proper didactic mind podcast, which will be released sometime soon. In the meantime, please make sure, if you haven't done so already, to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Make sure that you check out the links in the description box uh, for this podcast or on the site if you're viewing it that way. And uh, be sure to you know, support the site in, in whatever way you can. Uh, it's not monetized, at least not at the moment, and I don't foresee it being monetized anytime soon. But it would be just useful if you, uh, you find value in this, what I do to check out uh, some of the affiliate links that I have down below and uh, help yourself to any of the cool stuff that you find there. So uh, we have a domain query coming by way of longtime reader in front of the site, Randall E6, who is uh, trying to find a way to escape the uh, United States and the West, and rightly so. I think, uh, but he had an interesting one for me here. He said, uh, this was from the 18th of June, so it's been like three weeks since I got it. It's just been, like I said, busy. Uh, with respect to the domain query, departing from our usual fare, I have one question. Have we reached good enough graphics, quote unquote, for gaming? What I mean by this question is, have we reached the point in gaming where making your game the most graphically advanced uh, and ram-chugging Wunderwaffen is even necessary to attract gamers. For what I would consider the base, where I started to see this occur in my mind, I am bringing up Mass Effect 3, 2012 release date, and then he gives a link to the gameplay video. I have never played any Halo games, but from research, Halo 4 was released in the same year as Mass Effect 3. So it should make a good comparison to Mass Effect 3. I don't believe you have ever played any Mass Effect games from what I can recollect. Uh, that is true. I have never played any of the Mass Effect games. I got a bit annoyed with Bioware after all the LGBTQ, what WTF is this shit nonsense, that they pulled. Uh, I had played, I don't know, I, I played Star Wars uh, Knights of the Old Republic, or whatever it's called, way back when, for all of, I think, less than an hour. So, you know, I always found the stupid decision menu to be quite annoying. I've never really liked those sorts of games. Uh, well, no, that's not true. I actually quite like Legend of Zelda, where you have kind of contextual choices that you can make as to what you want to do next. But I, I, for whatever reason, Knights of the Old Republic never was of any interest to me. Um, so I've never played Mass Effect. I've never played any further Bioware. Uh, is it Bioware or Bioshock? I'm pretty sure it's Bioware. I've never played the Witcher series, uh, you know, from CD Pro Pro Project Red or Project Red or however you pronounce it, Polish company. Um, I am a straightforward, straight up FPS shooter type of guy. 
or TPS shooters. So I love Gears of War. I love uh, Vanquish from way back in the day. Some of you may remember a game called Vanquish, which was a lot of fun, uh, but you know, quite short. I really enjoy Halo. Obviously, it's the only real game I play anymore. Uh, I, I love playing the Master Chief Collection. I have actually gotten around to playing Halo Infinite of late because I got my Xbox back a while back, but I haven't I haven't really played it to any great degree because the graphics on the old Xbox, and my Xbox is quite old, it dates back to 2015, so it's a good eight years old now. Uh, my Xbox has pretty shite graphics, so Halo Infinite looks terrible, and I, I just, I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't play Halo Infinite when the graphics are that bad. Um, so I, I've, I've shelved it for now until I actually get around to buying a proper pucker Xbox uh, S, Series S probably. Because I can't see the point in plonking out you know huge amounts of cash for a Series X. Anyway, the point is, as far as the gameplay goes, I think... Actually, Randall E6 is probably right, because if you look at the graphics today, they're all, as far as I can tell, much of a muchness. And what I mean by that is, if I look at the graphics from Halo 4, and then I look at the graphics from Halo 5, and then at Halo Infinite, for example, they don't really show a substantial improvement. In my opinion, we are not yet at the photorealistic stage of graphical output. Uh, certainly that is true of Gears of War 5. Uh, we up to 5 now? Yeah, we are. I haven't played Gears 5 yet. Uh, none of the games are at that point now where you can literally immerse yourself in that world and pretend as though... You know, the, the graphics are completely photorealistic. We're not there yet. And we do seem to have achieved something of a plateau as far as graphics go. If I look at the cutscene graphics and the motion capture from Halo 5, which was 2015, and I compare that with the cutscene graphics and motion capture from Halo 4, which was 2012, we actually took a big step back in a lot of ways. Looking at the motion capture from the cutscenes in Halo 5, the cutscenes are actually worse than in Halo 4. And if you look at the, the gameplay in Halo Infinite, yes, it's great, it's fun, it's, it's bright, it's very textured, it's very crisp. That's all true. But look at the gameplay in Halo Reach going all the way back to 2010, especially the Long Night of... Uh, is it Long Night of Solace? Yeah, it is. The Long Night of Solace mission, uh, which is a very texturally complex and graphically complex mission. Really complicated. The difference isn't that great. I mean, we really do seem to have reached something of a plateau as far as gaming graphics uh, are involved. So I do think there is a fair point that, you know, we're not, we're no longer in the days of Crisis. Uh, I've played, so I've played all three Crisis games. I never finished Crisis 1, 
I did, I really enjoyed Crisis 2, which is a great game. And Crisis 3 is solid. I mean, Crisis 3 is a very, very solid game. I really liked uh, Crisis 2 in particular. And, and back then, I mean, Crisis 2 was like, the, the, the old phrase among gamers at the time was like the, the old, you know, the old uh, measuring standard, the measurement standard for gamers was, yeah, but can it run Crisis? when talking about the latest gaming rig, the, the latest graphics card, the latest motherboard processor, uh, GPU combination. Yeah, but can it run Crisis? Uh, and that was always the litmus test because Crisis was so graphically demanding. It was absolutely bonkers how demanding uh, it was on hardware. And it really, I mean, you could really see the huge difference between PC gaming and Xbox gaming at the time, or PS3, PS, yeah, PS3 gaming at the time, because the, the level of texture and complexity required in Crisis was just off the charts. It was, it was insane how uh, hard Crisis would make your gaming rig work. But now, I mean, I, I hardly play computer games anymore. I just play Halo on the weekends, uh, and that too, only campaign mode, because I love campaign mode. But um, it's very difficult to see for the moment whether computer graphics can really get that much more advanced. I mean, they, yeah, they could, in theory. If you're willing to plonk down, you know, 10 grand, $10,000 on... Um, a massively modernized, fully up-to-date, crazy, specked-out, cryo-cooled uh, gaming rig PC, yeah, you could probably get a tremendous amount out of your computer. But would it necessarily be all that much more impressive than, you know, your regular Xbox uh, Series X? Um... It would. I mean, it would. You'd see some benefit, yes, for sure. I mean, it would be uh, an extremely powerful and seamless experience. That's true. But you know, would it necessarily make such a great difference? Probably not. And I do think we have reached kind of peak game mode for a lot of uh, the the big budget sort of blockbuster titles out there. So I do think there is a general kind of sense of fatigue setting in uh, among gamers. That's, that's my guess with some of these big, huge blockbuster titles. I don't see the same level of excitement and wonder and general like, wow, this is going to be amazing uh, feeling with gamers that I did, you know, even five years ago where the latest game would come out and everybody would just like, you know, wet their short trousers at, at how cool everything looked. Um, I, just, I just don't, I don't see the excitement. I don't see the, the wonder anymore. Maybe that's because I'm getting older. It probably is because I've sort of disconnected from the gaming community. I don't do this stuff much anymore. I don't, I, I, I'm in no hurry to run out and buy the latest computer games at all. I have absolutely no interest in keeping up with what is and is not happening in gaming. Not anymore. I just don't, I don't, I don't feel it anymore. But, you know, I grew up with, literally grew up with a Nintendo Entertainment System and then a Super Nintendo and then an N64. 
Uh, never got a GameCube, never got a Sega Genesis, never got a Sony Dreamcast, uh, never got any of those, never got a PlayStation. Uh, went through a big, big, big gap in my sort of gaming experience where I bought a Nintendo Wii and then eventually a an Xbox 360, Xbox One, which I still have to this day, and various other kind of companions. But I've always found it easier nowadays, especially, to be a PC gamer. Um, you know, I, I barely boot up my Xbox anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm seriously thinking of just getting rid of it and my TV because I don't need them. Uh, or if I do get a TV, it'll be to host a big-ass Xbox Series S uh, with a big-ass, like, proper, you know, uh, LED uh, TV. Like, mine right now is 40 inches and needs to be probably 55, 65 inches to, to be a real entertainment system now. But from my perspective, I just, I don't see the value in, in keeping up with it. So, maybe that's just me being a grumpy old man. Uh, and that's a distinct possibility. I've no doubt that I have that tendency. But I do think I don't see the, the, the sort of attractiveness of going out and getting the greatest, latest system and the latest, most amazing, up-to-date game. The appeal just isn't there anymore. The need isn't there anymore. So why bother, right? Um, that being said, of course, there are differences of opinion on this subject, I have no doubt. And I'm sure there are plenty of people who would say, well, you know, it is uh, getting better and better every year. But again, I just don't see it. I don't see that happening. And I think also with respect to the sense of fatigue that's setting in, a lot of it comes down to gaming like the rest of the entertainment industry not delivering on its original promise and premise which is to entertain and these games today are not entertaining they are in many respects really sloppy stupid diversity inclusion and equity and I use the terms in that precise order for a very good reason. You could also, in theory, use inclusion, equity, and diversity, which would have the same ultimate effect, you know, die versus IED. But anyway, that's a wordplay for another time. The, you just get a bunch of woke lectures from a lot of the big modern gaming franchises. What is the point? Why would you bother? And it's the same with movies, it's the same with music, it's the same with television shows, it's the same with plays, it's the same with streaming content, it's the same with everything in entertainment, at least in the Western world. You don't find this problem outside the West, obviously because the woke crap isn't there. So, in the absence of any real kind of useful or unique selling point, for these games, what are people left with? Well, they're left with essentially bigger, better, more amazing, more wowzer graphics. But I do think we're reaching the pinnacle of what's achievable. Now, that, that comes down to, 
ultimately, you know, how much video RAM and how much uh, processing power can you fit into a GPU? Uh, we long ago passed the point where processor speeds could double every, what, 18 months, uh, you know, Grove's Law, basically. That's, that's gone. Um, and that's for CPUs. For GPUs, it's a bit of a different story, but um, that just, it doesn't exist anymore. And that ability to just keep endlessly scaling up and making bigger and better, more technologically advanced toys is going away. Now, the next big thing will, of course, be quantum computing, but that is, I mean, seriously, it's, in, it's still in the prototype stages. There's no way it's capable of, of delivering on any of this yet. But once we get to the quantum computing stage, I mean, that's going to change things. Uh, it, it's going to be a technological revolution like we've never seen before. The, the level of power of a quantum computer is, is it's beyond our imagination right now. Everything that I'm seeing tells me quantum computing will just, it will be essentially a, a, a discontinuity in, in terms of technological innovation. But it's a long way off, so it's not going to happen anytime soon. So what I foresee in terms of how gaming unfolds is a, a return back to kind of smaller, uh, better managed, less graphically intensive, yet much more fun titles. Uh, if you look at Legend of Zelda, um, you know, that Nintendo has never had the graphical firepower of Sony or uh, Microsoft, ever. It's never tried to market itself as such. Nintendo games are for fun, pure and simple. They're for entertainment, they're for togetherness, they're for community. And that's something, that's a USP that Microsoft and Sony have both failed utterly to replicate. Microsoft tried it with the Microsoft Kinect. That didn't really work very well. Uh, Sony tried it with their, whatever it was, that stupid blue stick thing, um, that, that lollipop that they, that they had. That didn't work very well. Uh, it just doesn't exist with Sony and Microsoft, uh, yeah, Sony and Microsoft, the way it does with Nintendo. If you look at, um, if you look indeed at Legend of Zelda, that's a great example of a game franchise which doesn't necessarily have to be the most graphically outstanding or outlandish. It's just really fun to play. And it doesn't have the technical debt that comes with this constant arms race to be bigger and better and flashier. And that's, I think, a, a point that a lot of people miss. When you're making these incredibly elaborate and powerful games, you have to do it in a way on, on, under the, the pressures of a development cycle that lead to, that, that will leave your game with an enormous overhang of technical debt. So if you look at Halo Infinite, that is a great example of a game that where they basically just said, we'll fix a bunch of issues in post. Really, I mean, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll ship it out and it'll arrive broken on day one and then we'll just kind of let people download a bunch of junk uh, DLC that will fix everything in post. The same with Cyberpunk 2077. They, fi they ship their broken game out there into the world and then basically said, we'll fix it with DLC later. No, you bloody well fix it when it's released. The reason they can't fix it when it's released is because they're so focused on 
building it bigger and better and flashier and with more stuff and more amazing things that they don't focus on the core mechanics of what actually matters, which is gameplay, story, character, immersion, uh, sort of deep involvement, escapism. The reason why the Halo series works so well is because it gives you a sense of escape, of thrills that you, you don't get in modern games. I mean, I was, I've been playing, um, Halo Combat Evolved, the original Halo Combat Evolved, uh, on the Master Chief collection. And I don't know what the hell, um, 343 did, but I, I think in sometime in the last six months, they broke something because nowadays, every single time I boot up Halo CE and try to play it, the damn thing crashes the first instance. And then I reboot my entire PC back into my Windows partition. I go back into the game and start playing it again. And then there's this really absolutely infuriating lag that, that comes up every time you come to a new area. I mean, the music glitches, the speech glitches, the frame, the, literally the screen freezes and you can't do anything for about 30 seconds until it finally wakes up and realizes, oh, wait, I'm actually heading, you know, Master Chief is going somewhere. So infuriating. I don't know what they did. And it's absolutely, it, it drives me absolutely bloody bananas that they've done it this way. But the core gameplay has not changed. The core mechanics have not changed. And as, it, as enraging as those moments are, and they, abs they are absolutely infuriating, the sheer brilliance of Halo CE as a game regardless of the fact that it is 22 years old, still make it great fun to play. The original Combat Evolved, the, the, the gameplay dynamics, the sense of space and fun and thrills and terror that you get from playing that game, uh, just make it totally worth it. Absolutely, completely worth it. The combat is still unrivaled to this day. No one, including Microsoft itself, has ever done a better job of delivering the thrills and spills of Halo CE. Even Halo 4, which is actually probably my favorite Halo game, is still not as good in terms of combat as Halo CE. It's better in every other respect, including to some extent, yeah, actually, I would say including uh, in terms of storyline. But in terms of gameplay, it's still not as good. And that's a game released 12 11 years after the original Halo game. So you see the same thing with uh, remakes of Dead Space, for example. Dead Space, the new version, looks absolutely amazing. Uh, it's also absolutely terrifying. The graphical upgrades are, are you know, incredible in terms of lighting and everything else. But the core gameplay mechanics remain the same, and you can't beat that. Nobody's come up with a better way to play the game than that. Halo Infinite, same story. They've added more features, more stuff, more cool things that you can do. Still, in terms of gameplay, not as satisfying as Halo 4. They've still kept a lot of the crap that existed in Halo 5, which really annoys me. The, the weapons don't feel as loud and as chunky and as meaty. The assault rifle sound isn't as good. It's not as immersive. Um, the, the dynamics aren't as much fun. You know... Don't get me wrong, Halo Infinite, from what little I've played of it, is a great game, and I really want to finish playing it. I really want to, you know, upgrade my gaming rig and, and really have fun playing it. Uh, but it's just, it, it's, it's, it's not as good. It's just not. I, I mean, 
you know, what, what can I say? It's just not as much fun as the original games that spawned it. So I do think, like I said, the, 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 the war, the, um, the arms race continues to this day. I do think that's the case. I do think the arms race in gaming continues. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily, um, I don't think it's necessarily really going anywhere because I think gamers are getting tired of, you know, incredible graphics, which still aren't actually that photorealistic, um, but really not that great uh, mechanics overall. So I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, still having great gameplay, great uh, enjoyment, great enjoyability. And I don't think that's really there at the moment. So, you know, that's, that's my view of things. Uh, anyway, that's a relatively short domain query. I don't think there's, um, there's a whole lot more to go with graphics. Now, I could, be, I, I could easily be wrong. I'm sure somebody will pop up in the comments and say, you're full of shit. You don't know what you're talking about. Uh, look at this such and such game. It really has absolutely amazing graphics. Yeah, probably. Hey, look, like I said, I don't, I'm not an active gamer anymore. I haven't been for many years. But I do know what I like, and I focus primarily on story, character, gameplay, uh, which is why I play games that are like 18, 15, more than that, 20 years old, and have a blast doing it. Uh, I don't see any need to go out and buy the, get the, the latest, greatest game just because of Wowzer graphics. I don't, I don't see the point. And I think, in all honesty, a lot of gamers are really beginning to feel the same way. I think certainly gamers of my generation feel that way. I think younger gamers definitely feel that way. They feel like they're just being calmed into buying a bunch of DLC and junk that they don't need. I think they would, and probably are, they, they would be and are interested in switching from AAA blockbuster titles with lots and lots and lots of features and lots of whiz-bang graphics to something less graphically amazing, but much more immersive, much more addictive in terms of gameplay and much simpler. I mean, there's a reason why all these mobile games that you see people playing on the subways and on the buses uh, are the way they are. They're not particularly graphically amazing, but they are a lot of fun, and that's why people play them. So, that's my opinion on the subject. Uh, thank you very much, as always, for tuning in. This podcast should be up later on today. And, uh, yeah, uh, would welcome your feedback and your comments. Uh, it should be uh, interesting to see what the reactions are. That wraps up this domain query, uh, Uncanny Valley, and if you don't know what that refers to, it's essentially the weird sensation you get when looking at AI uh, or artificial images that are meant to look human and hyper-photorealistic, but you just get this feeling like, what the hell am I looking at? And it's, it's, it's very easy, even today, to tell apart AI-generated images or AI-enhanced images from real people. It's still very easy to do. We haven't crossed that uncanny valley yet. Uh, but thank you very much, as always, for listening in. And uh, strength and honor, Didact out.